This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This is Reset. I'm Susie On, And I'm Esther Yunji Kang. We're giving Sasha Ann Simons a little break to talk about a movie that means a lot to both of us as Korean Americans and children of immigrants. How's your daddy like that new farm? He growing things good, doing things right? Yes. I don't like grandma. Grandma smells like Korea. Yeah. What about grandma smell? That sound from the film Minari by Korean American writer director Lee Isaac Chung. His childhood served as an inspiration for the critically acclaimed movie, which tells the story of Jacob Yi, a Korean immigrant who moves his family to Arkansas to start a farm in the 1980s. Korean-American actor and Second City alum Steven Yun plays that role, and he joins us on the line. His performance in Minari has been heralded as his career best. You may also know him from his role as Glenn on The Walking Dead. Steven, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. Minari has generated a lot of awards buzz since it premiered at last year's Sundance Film Festival. It won both the Grand Jury Prize and the Audience Award. What is your reaction to the high praise that the film's been getting? I I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's really wonderful. I think, you know, a lot of things have happened to get us to a place where we might be able to tell a story like this with, you know, even the language barrier being not a hurdle as much in America. And I think that's a confluence of so many things that have gotten us here. But I also wonder if some of it could be because we kind of told our story from our own point of view. Mm-hmm. We try to tell our story from its own humanity and not juxtaposed to anything else or defined by anything else but its own reality. And when I read Isaac's script, there was this intrinsic confidence about this point of view that it didn't need to explain itself. And I think there was something about that that instead of creating barriers of entry actually allows everyone to access and meet each other at shared experiences. What drew you to this film? Why did you want to be a part of it? Kind of for those reasons that I just mentioned. You know, when I read the script, Isaac had written something so true and so honest and and very confident in its own point of view. And I hadn't read a script like that, to be quite honest with you. I think, you know, as a Korean-American actor, Sometimes you do get to see scripts that are talking about our life and and the unique spaces that we inhabit in our stories. But a lot of the time, those are oftentimes trying to define itself through the gaze of the majority or trying to justify itself, you know, through 
its own suffering by the hands of the majority or through an oppression. And there was something so refreshing about reading a script that was just void of all those things, but it was just like, this is a family and they exist and that's totally valid and fair and right. And we get to tell about their struggle and their journey as they come to know themselves and each other. And once I read that, I was like, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you play the role of Jacob, the father. Um, you've said in previous interviews that there was a lot of anxiety when you first considered playing the role. Describe who Jacob is and, and what scared you about playing his character. Yeah, so much anxiety. Jacob is a patriarch of, of a Korean-American immigrant family who previously immigrated to California and lived there for quite some time. And then Jacob decided to uproot his family and bet it all on a farm in rural Arkansas. And there was a lot of really wonderful things that I connected to. The newness of kind of a frontier type of life, just someone desperately trying to create his own destiny and control his own destiny. And I identify with that on a personal level in some way. And I think by extension of my own father's journey of being an immigrant in and of itself, the act of that was 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 similar to that. And so that was something that I connected to. But I think what gave me a lot of anxiety, to be quite honest, was really the familial connection to it all. I think it was the fact that I had to unpack and unearth and kind of dismantle a lot of the projections and images and ideas that I had about my own parents and that particular generation how I understand them, I had to realize that it was from my own gaze and that to inhabit that character, I needed to understand their humanity. And while it would have been nice if it was just like, understand the humanity of just this character, that character also deeply reflected the way that I view my own father. And I think that was in some ways painful, but also beautiful and terrifying. And I think also we have a community that hasn't been seen as clear and been able to tell stories from a perspective. And so I felt maybe I put it upon myself, um, a pressure, but ultimately I had to let go of all those things and just kind of just give in into the individual nature of this character and, and this film. And that's kind of where I found my freedom. Yeah. I mean, watching you in this film, I, I can feel like there is a lot of responsibility in taking on this role You know, as a father of two children and a child of Korean immigrants, you know, what came naturally to you in playing the role of Jacob and what maybe were some of the biggest challenges? Uh, I think (laughs) I think the things that came naturally was my understanding of how we miscommunicate love Mm -hmm. to our own children. I'm learning through the process of my own fatherhood, and I think I'm less encumbered than my dad's generation was, but we still do miss. I think we're all doing it for the first time, the first time. And I think for me, it was natural to want to control and protect my kids. And and I think that same feeling is there for Jacob of just trying to like make sure that their kids are gonna be okay. And there's that worry. I mean, I deeply related to that. But then, you know, you also learn Part of the unpacking for me was also understanding and rationalizing how my parents and I would miss each other and miscommunicate love to each other. That my dad and maybe our fathers in general 
of that generation were taught that duty and responsibility and function were the definition of their love mm -hmm. for you. And that's a disconnection that I think you're trying to reconnect to. I, I think a lot about the slow separation that I, and I only speak to Korean American kids, but a lot of Korean American kids live with, you know, I came over when I was four and I knew a life with them, connected to them. And then I was kind of brought to a new place that uprooted that feeling. And then it was just a slow separation through culture and language and understanding that happened kind of underneath my own reality that I didn't even process until I got of age. And I was like, Hey, I don't know my parents. I don't know my parents at all. <laughs> and, um, to reconnect to that was, um, was a trip. Yeah. You're listening to Reset. I'm Susie Ahn. And I'm Esther Yunji Kang. We're giving Sasha Ann Simons a break for the rest of the hour to talk about a film that's near and dear to us as Korean Americans and children of immigrants. Minari, or Minari as most people call it, tells the story of a Korean immigrant who moves his family to Arkansas to start a farm in the 1980s. And on the line with us is Stephen Yun, the actor who plays the character, Jacob Yee. You may also know him from his role as Glenn on The Walking Dead. Stephen, my family immigrated to the States when I was nine in 1989. And my mm -hmm. folks haven't seen Minari yet, but I wrote an essay about it. And they've been asking me when it's coming out and how they can yeah. stream it. I'm just wondering, have your folks seen it yet? And how did they react? Yeah, my parents actually came to Sundance. Um, Isaac, myself, and our wonderful producer at Plan B, Christina O, all brought our parents to Sundance. Mm. It was terrifying. Uh, but uh, <laughs> my dad sat next to me, and we sobbed at the end of it. We mm. kind of just embraced and, like, really, really cried. Mm. And it was an unspoken connection. It was an unspoken thing. It was a thing that I could never verbalize, even over time, getting better and better at the Korean language. Like it was a feeling that I was trying to reconnect to. And I think being able to, so fortunate that I get to have this type of job where I can be like, hey dad, like I understand you. Or like, I understand what you might've gone through or I'm starting to, and, and here's a movie that you can watch mm. so that I can convey to you this feeling. And you can sit next to me while a hundred bunch of other people watch it too. <laughs> so I think it starts the conversation to be quite honest with you. Um, it didn't necessarily like bridge all the divides, but it started the conversation in the framework that maybe it acknowledges the separation. You know, director Lee Isaac Chung has said that this film is for everybody. And mm -hmm. you also said it's an American story. But, you know, Minari to me, I think it's still a very uniquely Korean-American immigrant story. And I thought that there was like a real magic to seeing something that reflects you on screen. And so mm -hmm. I was just curious, what did you learn about yourself and your Korean-American identity while, while making this? So many things. And I agree with Isaac in so much as that this is for everybody, because I think in focusing on our humanity and not necessarily hanging this film and its intentions on an essentialized authenticity, it allowed us to access a truer version of ourselves and in turn gave access for everyone 
to see themselves in these people or at least connect to them in some way. And I think a lot of the intention, because we haven't been serviced as a community of seeing our stories out there, is to want to protect them and safeguard them and like keep them for ourselves and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and show them just to each other. And I think there's a lot of healing and power in that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is this extra level that I felt very profoundly that happened once I opened it up and just spoke true from my own perspective, from our own perspective. And in allowing others in, I actually expanded and understood myself a little bit clearer. And then on top of that, I think there was something about honoring the humanity of the generation prior to us, about seeing them as the full human beings that they are, that allowed me to maybe let go a lot of the trauma of the disconnection or maybe the shame or the anger or any of the feelings that are associated with not feeling full in this country sometimes. And um, it was cool to humanize that generation in their flaws and all so that I might be able to move on and then just speak from my own place. And then I think last, not last, but I'm still unpacking this, if you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) We we all um, are. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I think there's something about the way that we're forced to define ourselves a lot of the time that really confuses us. I think we live this hyphenate life of Koreanness or Americanness. And oftentimes I think we describe ourselves as not fitting in both, but trying to hold our own in both. And I wonder if that notion is the thing that's holding us back, that that maybe we can just speak from this third culture, this own intrinsic place that we inhabit and speak freely and confidently from this place that we don't need Korea to define us and we don't need America to define us and we don't need these, these larger boxes as kind of frameworks to understand who we are, but rather we're just what we are and that's okay and that's awesome. There's something about that. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm I'm hoping this is the start or uh, one of many things that can be this. Well, Stephen, I want to turn to the issue of of accents. Obviously, in this role, you speak with a Korean accent. And I heard Mm -hmm. in a past interview that you were asked to do an Asian accent in one of your first auditions earlier in your career. Uh, It was more along the lines of caricature, which is, of course, upsetting. And it probably is still something that happens to Asian actors today. Um, Talk about your thought process and approach to an authentic accent when doing this film. That was a tough task for me, too, because I think you're warring with a lot of things. You're warring with agency. You're warring with your own internalized gaze of who your parents are Mm -hmm. and who someone with an accent is to you, which I think holds with it a lot of shame because of the lack of agency, to be quite honest, that we're often told that that's what we sound like. And I think my first inclination was to kind of go in this very broad Korean catch-all American accent that like was understandable to everybody. But then I found myself trying to understand who Jacob was and that this person probably worked really hard to try to get really good at English as much as he could. That, you know, also living in America has eroded his language ability in general. That his even his his Korean has eroded to some degree. And his English has never really found its footing to some degree. 
And I wanted to put him in this weird singular space where he's not part of the monolith that we expect, but rather just his own being and his own person. And he's confident from there because that is his own life. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of where I operated from. But I would be lying if I said I wasn't terrified that I was going to hear a lot of people's opinions about what <laughs> Korean people are supposed to sound like. You did a good right. job. You right. did a good job. <laughs> Stephen, the film is generating a lot of awards buzz. A lot of people are upset about the Golden Globe snub, but you were nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award. Congratulations on that. Oh, Along with the legendary Yoon Yeo-jung, as well mm. as the ensemble cast. Film critics and viewers are hoping you get a nod for Best Actor at the Oscars, and that would make you the first Asian-American to get that honor. What does all of that mean to you personally, and what does it say about this moment in your industry? Man, there's a lot of thoughts to this. There's a lot of feelings to this. I think anyone would want to be honored. Anyone would want to be validated for their work or, or whatever they put out, and I'm deeply thankful for being seen in this way. To me, I think the thing that I love the most is our cast ensemble nomination, because mm-hmm. I think that spirit of, of our film is within that, that this was a very collective experience and work, and that I'm very proud of. In terms of you know the larger moments that maybe perhaps a nomination for me would break through, is cool. I think people and art and things need to challenge systems and rules and general understandings and set precedents and breakthrough. But I also hold within that idea that I would hate to be lost in a moment, that I would hate to be defined by a singular moment too. In the same way that I tried to approach the humanity of these people that I deeply relate to in this film, I also want to hold on to my own. And I want to speak for my own always. And so, yeah, I'm not conflicted. Whatever happens is cool. But I think my intention will always be to speak, you know, from my singular space. And I hope that that will resonate and service a larger thing. But I can only do me. (laughs) (laughs) It's very gracious of you but we still want you to win. (laughs) (laughs) Very much. That's actor Stephen Yun, star of the critically acclaimed film Minari. Stephen, thanks so much for your time today and congratulations. Thank you. So cool to talk to you. At Reset, we cover it all. From people creating solutions to problems at the neighborhood level, to the latest from Springfield and City Hall, to the rich arts and culture scene here in Chicago. For more great conversations like the one you just heard, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And take a few seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. Thanks for listening to Reset from Chicago's NPR news station, 91.5 WBEZ. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.